Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. It doesn't matter how bad your credit is. You can still do deals. And I did a lot of deals, even with bad credit. Hi, my name is Katie, and I negotiate settlements on bad taxes. We found a tax lien associated with this number, so please give me a call if the tax lien is indeed yours. That was a voicemail I just got an hour ago. While I was golfing here with a buddy of mine, and we were eating some uh, lunch, I'm going through my voicemails, and I'm listening to my voicemails on the speaker, and I got a call from Katie who is calling to negotiate, see if I want to uh, negotiate my tax lien. Let me tell you a little story here. I've done a video on this before, but about three years ago, three years ago, I had a huge tax lien, a federal tax lien of $520,000 on my house, on everything we owned, on my rental properties. And uh, the IRS was threatening me to send me to jail. They were threatening to send me to jail if I didn't pay this thing off. And it's quite the story, but thank God I just got this voicemail. And a little embarrassing at first, but uh, my my friend kind of knows my story. But it brought back a lot of memories of when I was going through my financial difficulties, when I was facing uh, bankruptcy back in 2009, 10, and 11 or whatever. Basically what happened was I started doing a lot of deals. I started making a lot of money and I wasn't setting aside any money for taxes. And I started, um, I had a lot of deductions, you know, from when the market crashed, I lost a lot of properties. We had a lot of adoption tax credits. We've adopted our kids. And so I ran, two things happened in one year where I ran out of deductions and I started making more money. And I file my taxes late, you know, I file a couple, two or three extensions. And here it is in the summer, maybe July. This is the way I did taxes back then. I would send my accountant at the end of the year, well, in the summer of the the next year, uh, a shoebox of all of my receipts and my statements. And I would say, here you go, figure it out. That's how I did my taxes, right? Well, it didn't matter too much because I would get a lot of deductions and I, I didn't make that much money. But then all of a sudden, I ran out of deductions and I started making a lot of money. And the accountant says, oh, yeah. Um, you owe like forty five, fifty thousand dollars on taxes. I was like, what? That was a lot of money back then. I was uh, freaked out about what am I going to do? Well, I'll take care of it later, right? I'll bury my head in the sand. I'll take care of it. I'll just work hard and I'll make some money to pay that off. Well, guess what happens when you start working harder to make more money to pay off your back old taxes? You start making more money and you start having more taxes to pay on the more money that you're making now, right? Does that make sense? So then the next year, after filing a couple, two or three more extensions, I'm making a lot more money. I almost pay all of that tax bill off, but now I have like a $100,000 tax bill and it's already in the summer of the next year. So I just kept on digging myself in a bigger and bigger hole of unpaid late taxes. And after doing that for four or five years, six years or so, all of a sudden after late fees, penalties, interest, I owed $520,000 to the IRS and it had been attached to my all of my properties and I'm really embarrassed. I'm stressed out. I'm freaking out because I'm just I have a podcast at the time. You know, I'm I I am selling courses, I'm doing consulting, I'm teaching people how to do real estate. I'm kind of well known, whatever in the real estate circles. And I have this hidden dark secret of these unpaid taxes that I can't pay. And these liens are attached to my property. 
They're showing up at public records. And this is, I'm, I was, at the time I was getting these calls like two or three times a day. I was getting five, 10 pieces of mail every week. And it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. When we'd have friends that would come over, I would make sure all of my mail was hidden so that nobody would see it. I always made sure I was the one to get the mail first so I could throw away all of the tax collection letters or, or, or intercept the letters from the IRS. Um, you know, anytime you get any kind of mail from the IRS in a thick envelope, that's not good. That's not a good thing. Uh, the, the, I was trying to make payments. I kept on paying off my old taxes without paying my new tax. I kept on digging myself in a bigger, bigger hole. The more money I would make, I was successful in business. I was making a lot of money, but I, my behind the scenes, I was a financial disaster. Yes. So the tax IRS guy that I'd been working with, trying to work out a payment plan, and I couldn't keep up with it. He finally called me and said, you need to come into my office. And he's got an office in St. Louis here. I come into his office, and I'm nervous because I knew this isn't good. And he said, uh, Joe, I don't think you have any idea how serious trouble, uh, how big of a problem you have, right? Like how much serious trouble you are in. He said, you are this far away from me taking everything away from you, taking your house, taking your cars, taking everything you own, putting you out on the street and sending you to jail. <laughs> this was a nice guy saying this stuff. And I'm sitting in this office shaking, trying so hard not to cry. And I just said, I need help. What do I do? Can you please help me? I don't, and, and, you know, I couldn't negotiate. These people that call me and they call these people who are late on their taxes, that what they're trying to sell is some kind of negotiating settlement service where they want you to send them a bunch of money and they want to put together a package and send it to the IRS and negotiate a settlement so that you can actually only have to pay back a certain percentage. And that oftentimes worked works, but you have to have legitimate hardship. You actually have to show that you're really poor. And you can't afford all of these back taxes that you owed. Well, I couldn't do that. We live in a nice house. We have nice cars. I, you know, I had cash in the bank, not enough to pay this tax deed off, right? But I couldn't claim hardship. And so I was stuck with this huge tax bill and the, the IRS agent knew it. I had to show them all my financials because the, the worst thing you can do is not return my calls, not answer my, uh, not answer the phones, right? Return the calls and ignore the letters that we sent you. And that's kind of what I started doing. And he said, you need to stop worrying about your old taxes for now and just start paying your current taxes. You need to get current on your current taxes. You need to start paying your taxes quarterly. Like, duh, of course, right? You need to start paying your taxes. So get caught up on your current year's taxes and then we'll work out a payment plan with you on the rest of the taxes. So at the time, I uh, there's this book called Profit First and I'd read it before kind of half-heartedly, halfway through I said, all right, so I'm, I got the book Profit First, read it cover to cover, and I hired a bookkeeper, full-time bookkeeper and, and operations manager for my business. And the first thing I did is I gave her the book and, and I said to her, all I want you to do right now is implement Profit First. That's your big thing right now. You can help me manage my team and all of my operations, but Profit First. And what that basically is, is every dollar that comes in, you put a percentage in different buckets and uh, you put a percentage into profit. And until I pay my taxes up, my, my profit bucket is zero. Maybe I was doing 1%. You put a percentage of your every dollar that comes in into profit, into another bucket for taxes, another bucket for paying yourself, your salary, and then whatever is left goes into overhead, goes into operating expenses. So the idea is most of us have an accounting, the way we do business is we take our revenue minus expenses equals our profit. And that's a recipe for disaster for most people like me, especially small business owners and entrepreneurs. The better way to do it is you take revenue minus your profit 
equals expenses. Okay. So I said, first thing we need to do is get current on our current tax. So I put myself on, she put me on payroll and I started take, paying myself every two weeks a set salary. And then we started taking taxes out of every paycheck. So it was just getting taken out without me knowing anything about it. And then she was also setting aside, I don't remember, five or 10% of every dollar that came in after the withdrawings, withdrawals from my payroll tax. She was setting aside large chunks of money every week into a separate account. Well, eventually, after about six or eight months, I got current on my current tax. And then I sat down with the tax guy. His last name was Friend. Uh, I, I, it's still emotional. To, I get really emotional about it because this guy, he super nice guy, but he's also very firm. He put me on an installment. He said, all right, you can pay off the rest of these taxes, which is about 500 grand at the time, on a 10-year payment plan. And it was... It was ridiculous. Like the, the amount of money I had to pay, I was completely overwhelmed. I said, how am I going to do this? I don't remember. It was like 15 to, 15 to 20 grand extra a month I needed to pay, whatever it was. I was depressed. I was discouraged. And I was completely embarrassed, worried that everybody, anybody was going to find out about me. They were going to find out about, you know, what a, what a scam I was. Um, here I am teaching real estate how to make money and I can't even pay my taxes. So here's the crazy thing. Because of the all the, the financial disaster in 2008, and I lost a bunch of houses to foreclosure, short sale. My credit was a wreck, which means, you know, goes to tell you too, like, it doesn't matter how bad your credit is. You can still help. You can still do deals. And I did a lot of deals, even with bad credit. Uh, we were living in rental houses. We were, you know, we were traveling to Europe for two or three months at a time. We were going to RV trips in the northwestern corner of the U.S. for three months at a time. And so we were always kind of doing these fun, awesome things, but we would live in a rental house, go to Europe for a couple, three months, then move to another rental property, go on an RV trip and do it. Then, you know, then we started, I, I was getting close to where I could get a mortgage. And so we started doing a lease option. We found a house, started, we got it under a lease option contract. And then um, we started doing lease options on a house that we would rent for a little while with the option to buy it. And we found this beautiful house. We loved it. But after we moved in there, it was like, you know, it wasn't private enough. We wanted something that was more private, that backed into woods and neighborhoods like this. So we didn't exercise our option. We left that house. We, you know, we, we did some traveling around for a few months. And then I tell my wife, okay, listen, we're good now because it's been long enough. All these things have dropped off my credit report. Now we can get a mortgage and we can actually buy a house. She gets all excited. She was getting excited. We were looking at properties. And then we come back. Uh, we, live, we were living in our camper for six months because we could not find a house. We were homeless. I was making really good money, but I couldn't get a mortgage because of this tax lead. So these leads now were attached to my rental properties. They were attached to my name and I owed the IRS a lot of money. And guess what? You can't get a mortgage when you owe the IRS because the IRS gets in first position of that mortgage and the bank becomes in second position. Plus you're self-employed. And when you're self-employed, you have to produce, like you have to show a lot of income and you have to have lots of tax returns and you've got to like, it's very, very it's a lot more challenging to get a loan with yourself. All right, all right. So now we're like, what do we do? We find a property that we love where we're at now. And we, 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 we ask the seller if we can do, if we could rent it for a few years. So I thought, okay, for sure. In two years, we'll get this tax thing taken care of and we can get a mortgage on the house. So we lease option this property for two years. And we, t we tell the seller, we'll take care of all the maintenance repairs. We can put, I don't know, 50 to 70 grand into the property to fix it up, make it nicer and things like that. And at the end of the two years, guess what? I still hadn't paid off my taxes yet. Still had that tax lien. So we went to the owner. We said, this is what's going on. Can we change to owner finance? So we switched it to owner financing. But then guess what happened? When we switched to owner financing, we got a title to the property now. And we had a balloon in two or three years or something like that. All of my tax liens were got attached to that property. What does that mean? 
all of a sudden that we didn't we didn't really own the house. I mean, it was titled to us. We were doing owner financing, but it was only a two or three year mortgage uh, ballooned. Now we have all of these tax liens attached to the property. And so I had to call the owner of the property, the seller that was financing us, and I had to tell him, I had to say, I'm really sorry, but this is what's happened. He wasn't happy, but he said, you know what? I appreciate you telling me. I appreciate you being honest with me. And I've been paying on time every, every month for like four years now. And I said, can, we just, can you just help us uh, give us more time? Because we didn't want to have to move again. And then um, it's just like we were in our forever home. And it's been four years now, and we still couldn't get a mortgage to buy this house. I had this tax lien hanging over my head, completely stressed out. And again, like you imagine, like nobody knows, nobody knows. But if you were to go to PropStream or any of these other software, you would see these tax liens. And I was so terrified that people were going to find out and I was going to be discovered and I was going to be exposed as a, as a scam or whatnot. So I finally started telling some friends about it. And this is right about the same time when the IRS said, hey, you're, you're, you got to get this taken care of, you're going to need trouble. Started talking to some friends finally, started getting some good advice, started implementing profit first, got current on my current taxes, and then started paying off my old taxes. And remember, I was on a 10-year payment plan to pay off my old taxes, but I got super aggressive. And the pressure of not having to worry about new taxes was really freeing to me, right? Like, and it was just getting taken care of. I had somebody in place that would take care of it for me. I just felt so much more at peace and I could actually start work hard. Still stressful, but it was different. I feel like I'm talking way too long, but I, I feel like this story is important to share because it's going to help some of you listening to this. Some of you are going to be like, man, I thought I was bad, right? Some of you are going to be like, that's nothing. I owed $2 million to the IRS. I've had both people tell me this. People that you know in the real estate industry have told me things and people in marketing and in, in internet marketing circles have told me, Joe, you think that's bad. I still owe $2 million in back tax to the IRS, right? So anyway, we're all on different boats. I'm also hoping that if you're not in this place yet, once you start making more money, you've got to take these kinds of things seriously, right? You got to pay the IRS. It's not an option. Uh, you need to implement things like profit first in your business. You need to take the books seriously. You need to have somebody, if that's not your strength, if you're not good at QuickBooks, if you're not good at managing your money, you have to find somebody else that can do it for you. You understand how important that is? Here we go. I, I have a year left before the owner's like, you know, if you can't buy the house, you're going to have to leave. And because he wants to sell it to someone else, you know what he wants to get up. He can sell it for more. So my back's against the wall. And what do I do? Within, I think it was a year and a half, I paid off all of my old taxes. But uh, I was paying a lot, a lot of money every month to pay off those old taxes. Well, I got it all paid off in about a year and a half. And uh, finally, I was able to then uh, get a mortgage and uh, refinance this house uh, into a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And I got the rate at like 3%, 3.2% is what it is, 3.2%. And sure enough, like, I don't know, a year later or six months later or whatever, the rates start climbing up. And now it's at what, 7 or 8%. But I look back thinking, oh, God, thank you so much. And these, I still get reminded whenever I get kind of a high on my horse, you know, and I still get a little proud and arrogant, I still get reminded from this voicemails from like from these people that called me some tax about uh, hey we, we you know you owe some taxes we're gonna call us and we'll take care of it for you which by the way let me let me throw in a little side note here i paid off that tax lien three two three four years ago well three years ago let's say right but it's still showing up on some of these data providers that you get these tax liens are still showing up on those sites and uh sometimes you get what you pay for when it comes to data and you may not want to pay the more premium surprise for the better data. But these people that are getting their data from these cheap sources, they're getting outdated data. 
and uh, they're wasting a lot of money on marketing on people like me who don't actually own old money on taxing. So anyway, I hope that helps you. I hope that I hope you learned a couple things from this. But number one, get that book profit first. Start implementing it right now. Get that book. Don't just peruse it and read it for entertainment and like, oh, that's interesting. That's good. I don't make enough money yet. I don't need to worry about that yet. No, you need to start implementing it now. The other big thing I want you to take away from this is you got to take your taxes seriously. Don't be that idiot. It's like, I'll worry about it later. I'll file an extension. Well, the IRS, they do care very much about us small business owners. They care very much about how much money you're making. And so you need to be reporting your income. We need to be paying your taxes quarterly and take as many deductions as you can, as many write-offs as you can, right? It's got to take the IRS seriously because they can take everything away from you. They could literally throw you in jail. And there's people that's crazy that have gone to jail for less money than what I owe to the IRS. So anyway, is that encouraging? I hope you guys were uh, maybe a little encouraged by that or learned something from my mistakes, my woes. Don't hide your head in the sand. Don't bury your head. Face your problems head on. Get somebody, hire a bookkeeper, hire somebody to take care of your books for you if you're not good at that. Because if you don't know your numbers, you do not have a real business. And so you need to get people that can take care of those things that you're not good at. And stop, you know, you don't have to worry about how to do it. Just find somebody that can do it for you. Don't ask how, ask who. And get somebody to take care of all of that stuff for you. And that's all I got. See you. Take care. Bye.